The bench is no longer the worst. But how good is it? Plus, an MPJ update. Plus, the streak is broken. This is <laughs> There you go. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. His name's Adam Mares. He's the director of content for DMVR. Check out his work at thedmvr.com. Late night episode after the Nuggets go back to back wins. They have not lost. In a long time, have not lost since the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break, several games back, they are on a roll. They are streaking. They are hot. All the things are happening. The bench is kicking it. Boogie Cousins is kicking the door in. Joker's doing his thing, slinging crazy passes. Aaron Gordon continues to be amazing. Uh, it's all looking good, Adam Ares, for the Nuggets right now. Man, it is. It really is. Um <laughs> The bench, the bench playing well. It's like we've talked about all year. It's funny how a theory can be proven true. Our theory all year is if the bench is just not terrible, the Nuggets usually win. And here's the bench blink being great. Well, I thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, which is where you should download and subscribe, not download, subscribe to this show and turn on notifications because uh, then you can join the folks in the comment section each and every night, even as we go so, so late into the evening with the late, the late start games. So um, let's start with, with the bench. Let's talk about the bench. Let's talk about the, let's get into the bench. And I guess here's the question. Um, what percentage of this, of the bench's newfound success, do you ascribe to DeMarcus Cousins? How much of the success do I ascribe to him? Yes. Um, probably less than most people. Um, but but a lot. I mean, I there's no question that his his fingerprints are all over this one. I think if you step back and look at all of the different things that have happened with this second unit, you know, Bones Highland has started playing more, even though he did not tonight. Um, Austin Rivers has actually started playing more for a while. There, Austin Rivers was out of the rotation. Now he is back in. Bryn Forbes was added to the lineup. And then, of course, DeMarcus Cousins. So I think of all of those guys, he probably is having the biggest impact. But I don't think that it is a sole impact. But um, but it almost me and me saying that it almost sounds like I'm being low on him. He was fantastic tonight. And I think one of the stories of DeMarcus Cousins is that he has gotten better in his time with Denver. I think he's gotten healthier, but he's definitely made more of an impact as it's gone on. Yeah, I mean, he was adamant that he wasn't healthy. You know, he was adamant. I believe I think... it. Go ahead. I just said I believe it. And I think um, that the I think that's honestly one of the reasons why the Nuggets waited so long, right? Is like one, you don't want to like he's he's not healthy. You don't want to sign him and have him not able to play. Um, I think they were trying to be really patient with him to see if they if he could if he could get healthy, and if he could get healthy, then you know what does he actually look like? And he looks he's he's looked phenomenal uh, in these last couple of games. He was particularly great in the Kings game. He was dominant. I mean, he was awesome tonight as well. Um, you know, I'm. It's. I like to have reasonable expectations, right? Yeah. And 
Cousins having two phenomenal games versus these opponents is not inconsequential. It's very consequential. Right, they right, need to win right. these games. Right. These are the games that are going to get them whatever seed that they want, which I'd like to talk to you about later. Um, that's going to help them stay out of the play-in, which you've been uh, very concerned with, right? And uh, Ivan says the Nuggets waited because they're cheap. I'm telling you that's not true. Like, that's not the case. Like, they waited for they waited for a variety of reasons on um, each time that they signed him. And part of it was the health thing in the, at least in the initial. Um, like, do I expect DeMarcus Cousins to be able to hold up and pick and roll versus playoff starters? No, I do not. Right. I still do not think that that is a reasonable expectation. Yeah. That is not why he was signed. He was right. signed to do exactly what he's doing. Like he is doing, and this is honestly what's been great about the Nuggets over the last month of play. The, everyone is doing why they are there. Like, Bryn Forbes is brought in to hit threes. So Bryn right, Forbes right. hit threes. It was great. Austin Rivers is brought in to be a, a ball handler who's quick with the ball. Malone mentions that every single time. He's quick with the ball. Uh, Bones Highland was brought in to be a spark plug. He's been a spark plug before he got hurt tonight. Um, and DeMarcus Cousins was brought in to bring energy and some physicality off the bench. And it's been a great situation for him and he's made the most of it yeah and there's no question you meant you missed one guy and i can't believe you missed him and that's jermichael green who yeah. i think also is sort of in a sweet spot right now like he is also doing what he was brought in to do which is to bully power forwards and he's doing that very well yeah. as well as stretch the court like he started to make some threes lately as well i just that michael malone had an interesting commentary because we're always matt you and i both we're going to focus on the numbers and the film like what that's the stuff we like to do like right that's what we have that's what we have but but what michael malone as a coach what i'm always sort of struck by is that he always talks about the intangibles of sports like he is obsessed with that and so for him what he loves is the toughness that demarcus cousins brings to the team as well as jermichael green and you pair them together and all of a sudden you have a loud tough front court duo i think it's all of it i think it's the the analytics i think it's the film and i think it's these intangibles as well but I definitely think when you watch it, I see what Michael Malone's talking about. That Nuggets second unit has an identity, and that identity is a lot of DeMarcus Cousins and just kind of playing through him and playing with his sort of attitude. At least it's been that way over the last handful of games. Um, so that, I just think it's interesting. He's a really gifted passer. He was always a really gifted passer when he was a starter. Like That was one of my favorite things about him. Um, he's a, a, obviously he can, you know, he, he's got so much power under the rim and he's obviously feeling better and feeling spry. Hopefully that stays. Um, J Mike, I think it's just like J Mike's a four. You've talked about this, like J Mike's a power forward. That's, that really is like, and when he's in that role, I just think he's, he's, he's incredibly better. Like, it's just, right. it's, it's unbelievable how much better J Mike is when he's in there now. It's also one of those things, like I kept saying, like, look, the long season, guys are going to have good months and bad months. They're going to have good stretches and bad stretches. They may have a bad couple of months and then get and then be in a better spot. J-Mike's in a good spot right now, and he's playing well, you know, and, and it's good to see. It's good to see finally that turnaround for him. It's been yeah. um, really impressive. I don't think, though, that it's just the four, although I do agree with you that he is a four. Like he get When he is bigger or the same size, he gets to bully people and, and kind of get physical with people, and that's where he's at his best. If he's undersized, like we is at center, it's different. But I think more than anything, it really is playmaking in that second unit. Like, yeah. Jermichael Green's not a playmaker. Yeah. And for a while there, they had, like, zero effective playmakers. Yes, Faku can, but I think teams had figured him out that he wasn't a threat to score, and it took away his playmaking. 
But now you have not just Bones Highland and Austin Rivers who could break his guy down, but you have DeMarcus Cousins who has been, to, to date, at least with the Nuggets, has been a fantastic playmaker. And that's the thing that I'm just so struck by is he's out there doing Jokic things, you know, playing pick and roll, catching on the short roll and making decisions that have really worked or just collapsing the defense at, from the perimeter the way Jokic does. And it's allowed Jermichael Green to be a finisher, which is what he is. And I think a lot of his early season struggles have been there was no creator, so there was nothing for him to finish. Yeah, you've noticed that he's gotten so many of those dunker spot ones. Like they're running pick and roll and then Boogie catches it either on a mismatch on the switch or um, off of the catch when when they're scrambled and rotating pick and roll. And then he's finding that like that's why J Mike's gotten so many dunks lately. Yeah. It's all like dunks and open threes. And when you put J Mike in that situation, he's good. Right. You know, like J Mike's not like a like there are guys that are just like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna give that guy the ball and he's gonna be able to create his own his own look. That's not J Mike. It's never been, and he would never right. have like ascribed himself to be. Right. And so it, it's it really is opening up a lot for them. Um, hopefully, Cousins is able to stay healthy. This is a battle for him because of the injuries that he sustained. Like for you know, Kevin Durant is such a wild exception to the rule, which is after you suffer an Achilles injury as an NBA player, you're not the same. Well, and Kevin Durant is so skinny. Like not that this, I'm only contrasting it to Demarcus Cousins, yeah. who's a big guy. Like there's a lot of strain on those, yeah, <laughs> those those repaired tendons and what have you. So and even. I've seen some people say like, oh, he's got his athleticism back. I don't think that's true at all. I think he's just got like his flexibility back. I mean, to, even tonight, you know, he had that layup that was like he was waiting for a guy to make sure he wasn't going to get blocked. Like he's still mostly a below the rim player. And I think that's what he's going to be. He just looks to me like more um, almost coordinated. <laughs> like you could. So I think it's like yeah. little minor injuries that have gone away, but not athleticism that's come back. I want to take your temperature on Bryn Forbes. Are you in the same is he still about what you thought he was? Is is his stock risen with you? Or is you are you rising on? Are you buying Bryn Forbes stock? Like, where, are you in the same spot? Where are you at with Bryn? Oh, I'm definitely buying. I have to buy. Um, you know, for one, he's really made his shots a lot. Like, he's really shot the ball phenomenally well. He's five of six tonight in this one. Um, you know, I still think he is what I thought he was in terms of being this one dimensional player, but. The story of that bench at the moment is that they just fit together. Like they yeah. all just seem to know what they're supposed to do. And his job is to shoot. And he has been shooting really well. It, I think it's very interesting. Like this is just a, a fascinating thing. And I don't think the Nuggets were wrong in their roster construction. I think like I was concerned about the big, about having a, a backup center from the beginning. That's why like I've been on it all year. But like there was a way that this could have worked out. Like I've tried to maintain this that like, look, the bench was bad this year. It, I was like, it may not be bad next year. Well, it's not even bad now. Like it's not, it's, it's pretty good now. Um, and you know, I always talk about how teams evolve and change throughout the course of the season. I don't think the roster construction was bad, but I do think that the Nuggets had a paradigm which was they wanted versatility. Like they wanted a bunch of guys that could do a little bit of everything. And I think what they kind of realized, at least for where this team is at, is that they did need some guys that just do what they do. Right. Like, well, I think namely creation. I think that was the big ingredient that they were that they were lacking. So I agree with you. But well, I think it's funny it, it that you say that because I would actually argue that that's like the number one thing that they tried to accommodate. Like that's why they have all the guards on the roster is they I, wanted lots of creation. Yeah, but the what we learned about the Faku creation is that it doesn't count if you can't score, and that yeah. and that's what I'm talking about is when you add to me even with Bryn Forbes, you ask like, am I high on or on him? I'd, I still think it would be lower if you had, as I advocated for a Robin Lopez type center, 
I yeah. think Brent Forbes might actually still struggle because again, like he's not creating shots for himself very often, but DeMarcus Cousins has been just such a fantastic playmaker. I'm just, I'm just blown away at how good of a playmaker he has been. And it, that's what has allowed all these guys to, to be I'm, who they I are. I am furious at your, uh, obliviousness to Robin Lopez's incredible. <laughs> I'm serious. His incredible hook shot rate. Go, go do a Google search. For Robin yeah, Lo- that's Lopez. Not creation. Hookshot. That's not creation. I'm not, look, I wanted Robin Lopez, not cause I'm low on him. I'm just saying he's not a, like, he's not going to get Bryn Forbes going. That's my sure, point. That's he's true. not going to get Jamichael Green going. He's just going to do um, his job and roll. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about the bench unit. We'll talk about um, where Joker's at a little bit about that. And the overall vibe and, and everything where the team is at right now and what's led to all the success in these two games. Uh, before we do, do the do the ads, I do I do want to I have to acknowledge streak is over. I thought they would lose one of the two Kings games. They did not lose one of the two Kings games. So I my my predictions for them have gone. They are better than I expected at this point. Here, here's Honestly, what, here's what but, I'll say though, because like I tonight I predicted Jokic would have a triple double and and I was wrong even though I feel I was right. Like yeah. I, I, I was right. I just, he didn't get the points. You were right. And that, that second, like the first Kings game, they blow them out. Right. They get a great performance. The second night you get boogie back. You think, Oh, this will be even easier. You go home. You think this will be even easier. And it was the, uh, it, that was the game you predicted it would be the second time. Like now you have to beat them a second time. They played poorly. It's just that they did just barely enough to squeak it out. Yeah. They got, they just got just enough to get home but that's maybe the difference here like that's maybe. that that's the, the gap right is based off of my estimation of who the nuggets have been this season yeah. i felt that one of the two kings game was a trap game their ability to win both of those games is not hugely significant for their title hopes but it does show a real growth in their regular season performance which you can look at as a projection over the remaining 21 or whatever games remaining in the season matt there's easy math here that game was only the second game this entire season that the Nuggets have won when Jokic didn't win his minutes. Only the second time. So yes, there's no question that the Nuggets would have lost that game prior to these this this new iteration of the bench. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk more uh, about, well, the Denver Nuggets, but specifically the bench. We'll do all that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. At first, got to tell you about Bilt Bar. Oh yes, Bilt Bar. You know, it's that time of the year when you're starting to get through the winter. We're closing midwinter. Midwinter is officially over as you're listening to this. We have begun, in my estimation, late winter here in Colorado. We're late winter. Yes. Late winter. We've made it through midwinter. And what's going to get you through is Built Bar because they've got the puffs because the puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamon churro and coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, and all the Built Bars, including the puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. They've Most of them have got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, just 4 net carbs, and up to 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which has got 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar. It's a much, much better thing for you health-wise to just get yourself a Bilt Bar. They've got mint brownie and coconut. Everyone knows that's my favorite. Coconut almond. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. The new schnozberries is coming out soon. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious and good for you. There's not really a schnozberries one. That's a Willy Wonka reference. <laughs> um, check it out at Bilt.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Make your second listen, the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Check it out wherever you get podcasts. All right. Uh, breaking down the Nuggets and the new bench unit. I guess, like, here's a question is, well, I want to ask this question. Um, kind of weird games from Jokic in the first two games back from the All-Star break. Tonight, I don't really, like, he got whatever he wanted. He had 18 rebounds and 11 assists. We've talked about this before. When he knows what he can do, he's going to have these type of games where he's like, I don't need to score. There's, I have no, impl- there is zero things here for me to score. Um, I, my question for you, how did you feel that he played in the first, in the, in the two Kings games? Well, I thought the first one, he was great. 25 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists, four steals, one block. That was like a, a plus 17. He was pretty dominant in that one. It's these last two that have been, I mean, the, the second Kings game, of course, he was like very strange, even down the stretch, missing free throws and missing jump, jump hooks and everything. So that was a really weird one. And then tonight, tonight's a tough one. In the first Kings game, he kind of like was in second gear all night. The fourth quarter rolled around. He was absolutely dominant for about four minutes. And then and it was enough to put the Nuggets up 20. I kind of feel like tonight was the same. He wasn't great in that first half. He wasn't even looking to score. The third quarter, he came out and just put on a, I mean, it was, he was incredible. And it was just enough for that he didn't have to come in the fourth quarter. So I don't, I think it's easy to overstate and say he's not being aggressive. He's not being this or that. But in two of those games, the Nuggets won by 20. Yeah, I think it's, here. here's how I described, like Tuesday, I think, or Thursday, rather, I think may have just been coming back from the all-star break, trying to, trying to get back in the groove of it. Like, it wasn't, like, letting the game come to him. And his, like, I thought he was awesome in the fourth quarter. Like, that's, that's it. Is the fourth? He wasn't great, but the fourth quarter was so good. So great. That yeah. it feels weird to say it wasn't a good game. Yeah, like, the bench the bench gave them an opportunity um, to win the game, like, by not being terrible. And then Barton and Jokic came back in in that Thursday game and slammed the door, right? Yeah. Last night on the Saturday night game versus the Kings, um, I really felt I, I like I made this comment to Ryan like eight times. I was like, Jokic is screwing around. Yeah. And it wasn't like he's not playing hard. It's just um there are a handful of games every year where even now he will still be in like uh, I'm gonna see if I could like I'm gonna try something. Like uh, I'm gonna see if what like he was it's not I wouldn't say like fun i do think it's a matter of the game is like so easy for him that there is a level of wanting to because and this is not uncommon like i want to be very clear on this like lots of nba teams will and players will try out stuff over the course of 82 games like you have enough possessions to try stuff out but Jokic, i think definitely was like trying some stuff out yesterday and then kind of thought that they would get distance from them and the kings were just like De'Aaron fox was just like we're not going away like we're just we're not 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 only that yoke usually and he did this on thursday he messed around to your point i would call it boredom because i honestly think it's more boredom than it is like anything else like he just this couldn't get himself going but in the fourth quarter of that first game he did and i think he thought on saturday it was going to be the same thing like all right fourth quarter here it's time foot on the gas and he just kept missing (laughs) sometimes that happens if you like play 
if you met, play with fire every now and then you get burned, even if you have the control over the game that he does typically, he just was off. He missed two free throws. Like he wasn't, I think he was focused for those. It just happened. So, uh, you know, similar. then tonight's game was just such a blowout. Like I, tonight, the, I didn't realize how bad Portland was. They're really bad. I mean, they don't have anybody. Like yeah. just, they traded, they traded four, they traded what? Three starters. Yeah. And then Nurkic got hurt. It was, a superstar dev over on the DMVR pod had a great line. He said, they have no millionaires on that team. <laughs> that was good. Such a good line. Dev's the best. Um, Lou wants us to talk about Porter and Murray. The final segment. It's buddy. coming up. It's final coming. segment. Um, yep. Nicola Vujadin. Uh, Vujadin? Is that Vujadin? I think it's Vujadin. Says, I know Jokic doesn't care, but highly improve his MVP odds if he did go stat hunt for two points and get the triple-double. Um, why I, love I actually him though, go the, Matt. That's why I love him. I actually go the other way. Uh, look, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just, it wouldn't, it would not, if you, if, if someone told me the Joker was trying to, you know, uh, rent control his offense to get him out of the MVP conversation. <laughs> Let's go. I, I love this take. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. Hey man. Like I love it because you might I, be right. I don't I don't think he wants to win another one. I think it's annoying to him to get asked, you know, what does this mean to you? What does this say to say to you? What does this say about your teammates? How much does this mean? How much does it mean? How much do you want the like See, I, I like this because Robert is saying he doesn't care about the MVP. But what you are saying is he does and that he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to win it. He, he does care about it. He doesn't want the MVP. He, I will tell you this. I don't know if – I don't have that much confidence the Nuggets are going to win a title this year. I have, in fact, I've, I, I feel pretty strongly they probably will not. And I do think there's probably a pressure that arrives with you if you are a two-time NBA MVP but don't have a championship or what have you. And I don't think he even thinks that far. I just think he's like – you guys ask me about this all the time. Like, I don't want to be in the MP. Let yeah. me lower these numbers. I, I don't doesn't think he's want to doing do the press it, press conference. Doesn't theory. want the ESPN profile. Doesn't want the big feature writers coming in, asking for his time. Doesn't yeah. want like, just doesn't want any of that. Yeah. Um, I love this theory. Great theory, Matt. I, it's honestly like, it, I'm not saying it's true and I'm not saying it's right. false. I think it's like, 10% true, maybe yeah. 20% true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's how I feel. It's like, um, not, you know, if he needs to score to win the game, he'll do it. Yeah. Right. But if he can not score and bring down his averages so that everyone stops talking about how great his stats are and that gets a little of the attention off of him, I think he's fine with that. Yeah, I think he'd be completely okay with that. The funniest would be if he just averaged, you know, 30, 15, and 10 all the way up until March 14th. And then it's just like airballing shots and looking at the <laughs> camera and be like, well, I don't know. This, I can't score on Embiid. This is so good. <laughs> <laughs> then after the game, he's just like big smile on his face. He's like, ah, that's tough. I guess I'm not the MVP, guys. Uh, He's like whispering to him, be <laughs> like, like I'm going to my left. Yeah, like, block this one. Here it goes. Like, he's so confused. Yeah. And then like MB doesn't block it and he gets mad. And everyone's <laughs> like, well, Jokic furious about no call there. And Jokic is like, I told you to block it. <laughs> I love this theory. Um, 
I like that Robert, again, chimes in with another great comment. In Yoga Just Perfect World, he'd be the generational talent he is without anyone noticing it. That's so true. That's it. Uh, Aaron Gordon's been great. Um, I thought it was interesting that Will, that Will got defensive player of the game, the chain, last night, Malone said. thought that was interesting. Um, oh, let's have Bones. So, an ankle, again, for Bones. Again. Um, but look, you know, like, I would have been concerned that the reintroduction of Faku Campazzo would have been a problem, and Faku was fine. He wasn't, he, he wasn't great or noticeable or like, but he didn't get in the way. It was totally fine. Forbes did his thing. Cousins did his, his thing. The bench unit worked. Um, the competition, I think, does increase a little bit this week. Does that concern you at all if, if Bones has to once again miss time? It sucks it doesn't, for Bones. It doesn't right? actually increase this week. I mean, they have Oklahoma City coming up and then Houston. And Oklahoma City, at least tomorrow, for tomorrow's game, is resting all of their good players. Lou Dort's out. I think Shea's out. Um, they got a bunch of guys out. I don't know what their plan is there, but you know if they if they have all those guys, they'll be good. If they don't, they'll be terrible. Houston's terrible, so it's not until after that that it starts to get hard. I think New Orleans has been on a roll, and then obviously you go to the hard part there with the Warriors twice. But at least for this week, if he misses this week, like you know, it's more terrible teams on the way. Um. By the way, not too overly concerned. Like, okay for, like... They don't play till Wednesday. That's true. That's true. That's helpful. Um, but yeah, like, how do you feel about, I mean, it's obviously worse for bone just because it's like, Oh, it's rookie minutes and it's so valuable. This, that, and the other, but I don't know, like bones is going to have a, a long, good career. Like he's going to be a good NBA player. Lots of rookies get banged up. I don't think it's a, a huge problem. I would, I would actually say it can even be a bit of a plus. I mean, I know they're coming off of the all-star break, although he did play in the rookie rookie game. Uh, as much as the season feels like it's almost over, there's still that big sprint ahead. And so if he does miss, you know, three, four, five, six days, it just better prepares him for this 82 game schedule. So I I think, I think he'll be fine. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Any other takeaways from these two games? You have anything else that you want to like dive into on the show? Cause these are pretty, this was like, they took care of business versus bad teams. Right. Which is what we said they needed to do. I think um, I, we always talk about how how we view the team is not always how they view themselves. And yeah. one thing is the Nuggets have won these games, three games out of the break, three games in four nights. So actually, as much as it was easy from a competition standpoint, like who they were playing, it was hard in that it was three games in four nights with, with road trips, three different cities. So it was actually hard in that one regard. And Denver won these games without feeling a ton of pressure. I know that second, that middle game was was tough, but Denver played like a team at least. We just talked about Jokic was too casual in that game. I think the Nuggets' confidence level, what I'm trying to say is, I think the Nuggets' confidence level is actually sneaky high right now. I think the Nuggets are feeling themselves and are playing with a lot of confidence that they can beat just about anyone right now, at least anybody that they're they're going to be playing in the next week. A lot of this is just, it's getting, the, <laughs> I think one of the, the good things about this stretch run has been the wins that everybody wanted to see more of this year that they never got, these are the are coming now. Right. Right. Like they would beat the bad teams. We've talked about their record versus the bad teams, but they wouldn't, it wouldn't be comfortable. You wouldn't be like, yeah, they're not losing this game. Right. Right. And you felt like at least in two of these three out of the, since the all-star break and going back, they've had, you know, obviously a, a lot more since then. 
uh, or since before the all-star break that they've been in control, but there's been more of like the nuggets are in control of this game. Right. I think the way I would phrase it is, but prior to maybe six weeks ago or so, I don't know when this all started. I guess it was like mid January or I guess it was January. It was really the whole month of January. But prior to that, you felt like the nuggets had to have a good game to win. And they're winning now with like medium games. Yeah. So they're just, they're, the floor, the floor has risen. Yeah, their their floor is a lot higher than it was before, and I just think they they kind of know that. And if you go back and look at their record, you know, I don't know what it is over their last fifteen or or, or so, but they're, they're really on a roll. I mean, it's disguised almost how much Denver has been winning lately. Yeah, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got an MPJ update. We'll talk about that and Jamal. Um, there's some questions about the division and about the Mavs and the Warriors. I want to get your thoughts on those teams. We'll do all that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, you know, football might be over, but basketball is in full season and in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just basketball, betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen each and every day. Make your second listen Locked On NBA because it's got great hosts like Adam Mares and Matt Moore from the Action Network. Locked On experts cover the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, back here with Adam Mares. Final segment. Uh, let's go ahead and um, just address this like right off the top. So MBJ on Saturday night drops a comment in Isaiah Thomas's Instagram and basically says, see you next week, bro. LOL. And that makes a rounds. I checked in in on Sunday morning and was told that it is indeed in play. It is being quote discussed. Not no decision has been rendered um, for MPJ to head to Grand Rapids next week. What I would say is that it is very likely at some point, MPJ heads to Grand Rapids in the next 10 days, two weeks, whatever, um, and does ramp up activities. That was followed by Adrian Wojnarowski saying he has been cleared for contact. Um, I think we're at this point of saying Adam Mares that MPJ is going to beat Jamal Murray back on court. Credit to you. You were the one that had, you, you would listen to uh, the doctor. Forgive me. Give me the name again. Bology. His name's Doctor Biology. That's that's a that you didn't make this person up. You didn't you you got? Did, did you go to the the pharmacist? <laughs> come on, to, man! Come on, to, man! To, to speak to Mister Medicines. Come on, you, come seriously? on. Seriously, um, you spoke to the doctor, and the doctor said that like uh, talked about how he could how it wasn't a season-ending injury, and that it was gonna like basically it was gonna be okay. And he looks great afterwards. The, the word has been that he felt immediately better, felt way, way better. And people are chiming in the comments with doctors, including a Scrubs reference to Dr. Acula, which is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, now MPJ, it looks like he's going to return before the end of the season. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to withhold my take. Okay. For now, because the vibes are too good. Um, what is your feeling on what this means for Denver? Like, 
what are your general thoughts on, hey, MPJ could be back within the next couple of weeks? Well, you, you forgot the third act of this play, which is that then Michael Malone was asked about it pregame today and basically said, don't believe everything you you see. Basically trying to put throw cold water on this, which, first of all, Mark Bartlestein was quoted twice, once by Rose, <laughs> once by Mike's team. So like, <laughs> like, I think that's a pretty reliable source. And then two, of course, you know, both Mike Singer and Woj putting it out there. Like we yeah. know Woj, he doesn't put anything out there unless he feels very comfortable. So, so read into that what you will. Um, what I make of this is that if you just look at this and think, okay, so it is for all intents and purposes that today's the 28th. If in a week you're going down to Grand Rapids, let's just say at one week exactly, that's the seventh. What do you, from going down to the G League to being active, what is that, one to two weeks? I would probably guess maybe two weeks after that. I mean, again, we're all just speculating here. I think Michael Porter comes back on the 20th. They, You know, the Nuggets go on a road trip. They get back to Boston uh, and play against Boston on the 20th. I wouldn't be surprised if he was back sometime around there. It's about three weeks out from right now. I think exactly three weeks out. Um, it's great news. It's exciting. You've watched him in warmups. He looks healthy. He looks great. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot, but it does mean something. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's really exciting for the nuggets that he may get back at some time within this next month. So the nuggets without Jamal and MPJ cannot win the title. Are you of the opinion that the nuggets without Jamal, but with MPJ, absolutely cannot win the title or is it like a probably not it ups their odds but they're still like they're still not very good they're still so bad that i like i'm not excited about it i think like here's the thing matt 538 has the nuggets with like a 10 percent chance or something at the title i know that those inflates a little bit like they're really high on Jokic, this or that i would have it a little bit lower than that michael porter like in my mind denver maybe without murray without porter has like a four percent chance Porter alone probably doubles that to an 8%. That's still really low. Like, it's still so low that you're not, like, sitting here buying your lotto ticket. But um, he definitely helps. If MBJ comes back and he looks like last year, and Jamal comes back and he looks like 80%, can they win the title? Yes, but I I, don't, I still wouldn't pick him. I understand. You don't think that's going to yeah. happen. I get it. I get it. I just want to, like, like Nikola Vujadin, uh, did ask with the whole squad healthy? Does Adam think they could possibly win? They were fully healthy. There's no question. Like I look, here's a crazy stat. I put this out on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. The Nuggets right now with Jokic in the lineup are 35 and 20. Jokic played every game last year. Guess what their record was through 55 games? What? 35 and 20. God. The Nuggets with Jokic this season are the exact same team as they were last year with Murray and Porter. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. That's very, it's just wild. So they lost, um, they went one and four without Jokic this year. So their record is obviously behind what it was last year. But last year he played every game. They were 35 and 20. This year in the games he's played, 35 and 20. I, I, I like, and so much of this is Joker and he obviously deserves all the credit in the world for it. And that's why I've said he's the MVP and all these things. It also is like a credit to Malone and the whole team. Like Monte Morris and Will Bart, like Monte Morris in particular. <laughs> Two game winners, but also just the way he able the mastery he has running two man game with Jokic has been a little bit of an underrated storyline. Um, yeah, they're really good. They're just they're a really good team, and they haven't been talked about as such. And it's cool that they're getting their moment. And like Jamichael was talking about tonight about how they can sense the things that it's it's just a. And what's really cool is it you know if I were to write 
a book on the season, which I won't, but if I were to write a book on the season, uh, like a chapter would be dedicated to that Clippers game and the collapse and like what happened afterwards. Right. And Malone's comments about how, like after that game, you get to bring everybody back together. Right. Like, you know, these I will say this, the NBA is never lacking in drama. And it's, I think it's, it's tough every night. It is tough every night. Um, it's not as tough as it is for the Lakers every night, but it is tough every night. And so, um, really remarkable. It's, it's, it's wild that they're here. We'll see where they go from here. Uh, should be an interesting week with more winnable games on the calendar. Uh, wanted to, cut, to touch on a couple. Well, 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 well real quick, because you're I just because you're talking about like, well, how do I feel about this team or this or that? Like, honestly, the numbers. This is where the analytics have actually just proven I, are starting to prove us right. And that Jokic has this wild differential, right? When he's on, and you look at it and you go, it's not Jokic's fault, or like the team losing has to do with the minutes, the few minutes he doesn't play, the bench being good, and all of a sudden Denver's winning fourteen of seventeen. Like to me, it is proof of concept. All they needed was to be a, have this good yeah. bench, and now it's like, hey, maybe they are actually one of the five or six best teams that, now that they have a competent bench. I mean, we'll find out. Um, as for Jamal, no update. Yeah, nothing changed. Yeah, all now, now here's here's the question with Michael Malone's comments. Here we have Bartlestein, we have Woj on the record saying this thing. Then we have Michael Malone saying, "Don't believe everything you read." You can interpret this a million different ways. Is it that Michael Malone isn't sure that even if Michael Porter got cleared, that he would want to play him? Maybe it could mean something like that. Does it mean he's just trying to temper expectations? Nobody rushed this kid. We want to take it easy. Could it be that? Or could it be that even a Jamal Murray is maybe close along, but Michael Michael Malone just doesn't want the word to get out? I don't, I don't think it's that one, but I'm just saying like it could be that there's a, I you can't put it past the Nuggets to just like keep secrets and then all of a sudden have an announcement. Here's my opinion: um, the Nuggets media and the Nuggets perception of Nuggets media are very different. And what I mean by that is everything is kind of filtered and what they have time to process or what they consume or what they happen to catch. Like they get clips and all these types of things. Like all of this is contained inside like a little information bubble that they exist in, right? And it's and there are certain things that insert themselves into that outside of the nugget sphere, like first take or a podcast or whatever, right? So like it's it's all of like these types of things. Um I think that there is a concern within the organization about the media putting undue pressure and trying to rush them back. And they're very worried about that perception. Right. And I would just say, that's insane. Jamal Murray does not care what we say. Like, I think there are players that would care. There are players that, and I'm certainly somebody that cares what my mentions say, right? Jamal Murray does not care. Like, Jamal's going to do what Jamal's going to do. Um, and furthermore, there just should be no confusion on this point. Those guys should come back when they are ready. Right. And it, and everything the Nuggets have said makes me feel that they have communicated that to the fu fullest extent that they can. And that's all you can do is you can communicate. You should come back because we're your team and right. you know we're your partners in this. You should come back when you're ready. Right. When, when what's best for your career from with us, without us, beyond whatever, you yeah. know, and we both agree on that. There is no, like the Nuggets really need them to come back this season. Like you and I are like, 
what does the can they win the title this year if those guys come back? Like theoretically, sure. They, they would have to come back like really strong, right? Which is, but yeah, are we also like, gonna... is it more important for them to have three other chances to win the title with the team fully healthy? It, it's tough, man. I just the door is open this year, and it's always tough when the door is open. Yeah, but... and that's and that's tough for everybody. Yeah, but that's not about the media, right? right, right so right, that's right. why of I don't course, understand playing course, these games yeah. now. The question of why did MPJ go out of the organization? Yeah, I love this question actually here because this is the thing is why did Mark Bartlestein answer questions today? Why did Woj report this? And it is, in my opinion, because MPJ commented. Now, did MPJ do that because he knows how the game works? No, he probably did that because he's just he just wasn't thinking that this is the way the world works and even commenting on somebody's post. Maybe, I don't know. But to me, that's a very fair point. This is why this is a storyline today. It's because Michael Porter hopped on Instagram and made a comment saying, I'm going to go down to the G League in a week. Yeah, for sure. And like, look, is it, is it, um, here's the thing. I will tell you this. I don't know. Like I haven't spoken to Bartlestein, not probably going to speak to Bartlestein. Like I don't have any sort of like indication on this. It's possible that there's tension between MPJ's camp who wants to play and the Nuggets who are like, we really do not want you to re-injure yourself. Like we really think you should wait and come back later. Could be. Um, it's also entirely possible that like MPJ is like, I'm tired of being labeled as like an injury risk. Yeah. And I want to prove everybody wrong. Right. And screw you guys. Whatever. Yeah. And that's possible. I don't find it likely. Like, I, I, I guess I would say is if there's tension, it's not surprising. The stuff is like, have you paid attention to the NBA anywhere in the last two months? Right. The Suns are the best team in basketball. They have a wide margin. They are the favorites to win the NBA title. They didn't pay DeAndre Ayton. Like this just like hanging out there. Right? They're starting center and they're just like, whatever. Um, so yeah, like drama's always gonna be a part of it. And the Nuggets do a really good job of keeping it in house. Like they they are good about keeping drama under the radar. Um they are. for a number of reasons. It's even harder now because we don't have as much access. Just don't. So, but I also don't have any reason to think that this is the case. Like, I think a lot of this just gets into, you know, MPJ's like, he's been cleared for contact. Like he's looking at going down to the G league. It may be that he doesn't want to go down to the G league or the coaching. Like there's a number of things that this, how this can go. Let it play out. We'll see. We'll see what happens and we'll talk about it here and we'll discuss it from that perspective. Um, can we touch on some other teams before we go? Can I get your thoughts? Go for it, man. All right, so playoff picture. The Nuggets have caught the Dallas Mavericks. That They are no longer chasing Dallas. They have caught them. They are now, uh, after the Mavericks' fairly miracle comeback versus the Golden State Warriors, uh, 30, both 36 and 25 tied for the fifth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Golden State is 5-5 five and five in its last 10 after suffering a... Uh, they blew a 21-point lead tonight in... By the absolutely... way, I thought Denver would pass Dallas, but Dallas has two big wins over this last like stretch where they really they like snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. So. And in the middle of it, they had a very disappointing loss to the Jazz. So it's like, I don't know what's going on. Like... Mm-hmm. Bertans and, and Dinwiddie look really good. Like they're st- like those guys look like they're going to contribute, which is a big thing. Like Bertans not being a complete waste of space is a very big deal. Mm. Um, I will say, like I did the bet stream for the Dallas Utah game, and I would tell you that I'm still of the mindset that probably like it's reasonable to expect Dallas to slide. I think. Um, okay. Like th- just based off of, of where I'm at with 
of watching them. Um, Suns have lost two in a row. <laughs> no Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter for standings, right? Like Not they really. can, they're still six up in the loss column. They're on the one seed, yeah. Yeah, there's just no cash in them. Uh, Memphis gets another really incredible win. There's an, I think there's a slight increasing chance. Like the lead is down to two in the loss column for the Warriors over the Grizzlies. Good chance. I keep waiting for the Memphis Grizzlies to slide, but they haven't. So maybe they don't get there. Um, I will return to this question, though. I, I am of this opinion. Um, there's been some questions about the division. I, I'm. It's only three games, and I get it. I don't know. I can't see the Nuggets being able to catch three games over 20 games, essentially, on Utah. Yeah, I don't see it either. That's just me. Like, I don't think the division's winnable. I mean, it's winnable because three games is is whatever, and Denver has been playing well. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, it's it's 10% chance or something. I don't see any reason why you want to be in the 4-5 or bracket. Like, I get them being like, look, we just got to be happy that we're not in the play-in. We can't risk it, blah, 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 blah. If you get to the end of the season and the Wolves have tailed off, which is probably pretty reasonable, right? If the Wolves or the Mavericks, if it's just if it's pretty apparent that Denver's not going to be the seven. Right. And you do have the choice. Why do you want to be in the why do you want to be in the four five? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, you look at Dallas and, and Utah and Memphis to me are all comparable in terms of competition. So you look at the next round and think Phoenix is by far the toughest. Like you don't want to be in that bracket. So I'm with you. I, but the thing is, Denver might not be able to control it. Like you get down to those last few games, and it might just be a matter of where's where do the chips fall? Which yeah, team? well, it may be like we can't risk it because if we lose this one, it's possible we slide to seven. Exactly. So I I just don't know that there's anything worth worth it right now. Denver, I think is just trying to stack wins, keep winning games. Um, no, you absolutely need to, for and sure. they need to because, like I said, later on in the year, if you do bring back a Michael Porter, if you do bring back a Jamal Murray, you don't want those games to have added pressure to them. Um, I know Adam's Grizzlies buddy has no respect for the Nuggets, but I'm not convinced a young Grizzlies team can beat us. Um, look, I've been very clear. You know, on he's this. talking like, about Keith Parrish there. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I assume, I assume he's talking about me. Um, with the you know. Oh no 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 no! Oh yeah, the Memphis back there. No. So um, no, I Keith I like I like Denver in the Memphis matchup quite a bit. I think I'll say that. Um, oh. Screw it. Yeah, I'll, look, I'll say it. I think if Denver gets in the in the in the two, three, six bracket, I think that they I think that they they make the Western Conference Finals again. <laughs> I love it, Matt. You're back, baby. You're back. Look, I've been here. I want to make very clear on this. You I've been wavered. here. I was you the one wavered. that for weeks was like, why is everyone so down? Like everyone acts like this is a funeral season. Yeah. Like it's fine. Jokic is great. They yeah. gotta fix the bench. They fixed the bench. They may have fixed the bench. <laughs> they may have fixed the bench. I hope so. Michael Porter's back. I really do. I'm excited to watch him play. He's such a fantastic scorer. I know he has his flaws, but to me, it's just um, a no-brainer that he makes this team better um, if, if he comes back and is he- and it is healthy. The health part is obviously an X factor, but if he's mobile and can just shoot, he he makes this team better. Well, every single time that. I reach a point of skepticism about MPJ. He converts me. And every time that I've bought stock, the bottom falls out. So (laughs) 
be skeptical. As it stands of. right now, the most likely outcome is like Michael Porter Jr. Finals MVP. That's like there you go. You know, that's the. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think <laughs> if the Nuggets won the title, but Jokic didn't win Finals MVP. You wouldn't care. I know you wouldn't care. It would just be funny for the continued discussions for the rest of time. It would just be like it, it just it would be a, a fun thing to always kind of like just be like, yeah, you know, Jokic didn't win Finals MVP. Just to see your reaction and you try not to. It would be I would be used by that. I'm fine with it. Tim Duncan didn't we, always win Finals MVP. We, we've jumped from can the Nuggets beat the Kings to will MPJ be Finals MVP? That's Let's go. We're, we're back. We're so back. All right. Let's get wrap it up for Lockdown Nuggets. Long episode uh, tonight. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Comments for popping as always. You guys are the best. Uh, if you want to join us, make sure to hit up the YouTube page. Hit the like and subscribe. Smash the like button is what they always say. Do that. Have yourselves a great week. Take care of yourselves and your families and your loved ones. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you guys again uh, tomorrow night for another edition of Lockdown Nuggets. <laughs>